0: How we going, mates? Welcome back to The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith. I hope you had a great weekend. We have got a lot to get to, so I'm not going to take up too much of your time. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. David Ortiz is going to tell some stories about facing him and some stories about coming up with him. Grant Balfour has an epic one. We're also going to talk about the, the, the guys who didn't get in. We're talking about Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. There's a lot of different opinions out there. Should they be in, regardless of the steroids, scandals, PEDs, the whole bit? We're going to give you our opinion on it from a player's point of view and really dive into what goes into making the decision for some of these riders. Also have an epic, epic Australian segment. We talk about the most iconic players to ever come out of Australia. We have a nice little list. We're going to talk about why we think These are the guys who are the biggest and best players to come out of Australia. Grant's going to give his opinion and you can give us your thoughts too when you go follow us over on social media at the Top Step Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And before you do that, make sure you go subscribe. Tell your mates, all right, I'm done talking. Let's dive right into this epic episode. It's Grant Balfour, joins me right here on the Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. Face <laughs> Hall of, of fame. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. <laughs> As he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. Has six. Victor Martinez and Grant Balfour join and benches and clear. My goodness, this this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is as you mentioned, Jim. He's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not
1: killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Oh, killing
0: them. Kill, kill, All right, have got a lot. To get to today, we're talking some Hall of Fame. We're doing the Word of the Day. It's a good one today. I like I like today's Word of the Day. We've got a great Aussie segment at the end of this. We've got a lot to get to, but first of all, Grant, how, how was your weekend, champion?
1: Ah, uh, mate, it's uh, it's been pretty good. I must admit, we've had a lot of rain down here in Florida. Feels like little dreary, cold winter days, but you know we get plenty of sunshine, so it's it's uh, it's welcome, mate. We need it.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it hasn't been raining here, mate. This week it's been kind of dry, bit of fog, but it's been oh, mate, cold. We took
1: it, we took it, and gave you the, <laughs> gave you the dry weather.
0: Yeah, I threw. I what have you it been up
1: to, to mate? I see, I see you hitting slopes with the kids, going pretty. Hard the on slopes.
0: I got a three year old little maniac going nuts down the slope. I got a six year old who's getting into skiing, which is great. But yeah, just just trying to play our head, mate. I'm I'm trying to get to. I, I want spring training to come here on time. Now, I don't want to, I'm, I've had a gutful of this lockout.'m I'm, I'm not gonna lie, man. To me, it's an absolute joke, right? Yeah, I've yeah. had a gut full of talking about it. So I want to steer clear of that this this episode. I do want to say a big thank you to all the listeners writing awesome feedback about the Tyler Matzik episode and the Chris Woodward, the last couple we've had. But the Tyler episode, man, it, it was great because he was kind of touching on some of the mental health stuff as well, having the yips. So I had a lot of people actually reach out to me through the topstep.com and also through social media, just say, hey, man, that, that, that episode was great. I was, I was hooked. And a lot of new listeners from that too. So big shout out to all the new listeners. I do want to give, if you are a new listener, first off the bat, we've got word of the day. We give you an Australian word. We explain, it's either a saying or a word or something. We have some yeah. fun with it. Then we're going to dive in. Usually we have a guest or it's just Grant and myself talking about something we want to get to. Uh, And then we have an Australian segment where we educate you on an Australian topic and have some fun. So we've got a lot to get to today. First thing, Grant, word of the day, mate. It's one of my favorites. Haven't used it for a while. I usually say it with my kids and they sort of look at me like they're not quite sure what it means. Wrap your laughing gear around that. (laughs) Oh, mate.
1: (laughs) Can't help but laugh when you say it. Yeah, wrap your laughing gear around around that, mate. It'd be uh, I don't know, like a big piece of steak sitting there on the Barbie. (laughs) Sitting there with one of your mates, you know? Be like, mate, wrap your laughing gear around that. (laughs) So basically you're saying, you know, throw that steak right in there, mate. Wrap your laughing gear around that. So your laughing gear is your mouth, mate.
0: Right. So the laughing gear, your mouth, it sort of makes sense. But the, the way you – yeah, like you said, the way you say it, you got to like – you know, you're having a pub meal or something that's chicken snitty night, chicken <laughs> schnitzel night or something. Or you got a burger with a lot, whatever it is. And you, you, you're sitting there. I just picture it, man. Like you sit there at the pub. Yeah. You've got a skewy in one hand, beer in one hand. And then you got this giant burger just with like an egg on it, like a runny egg on it, beetroot, yeah, whatever.
1: sauce just melting down the side.
0: It's all coming out the side. You know, the bun's Beetroot. Exactly. And then one of your mates walks in, he's like, oh mate, wrap your laughing gear around that. <laughs> the best, then. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, See all these one, all mate. these all these things that we come up with on this show. I find myself saying it. Like, for example, I've been saying no dramas. We said that a couple of weeks ago. I've been saying yeah, no yeah. dramas way too much. Like just to and Amanda looks at me like, you know, because she <laughs> Amanda knows I'm using these on the show. And she'll yeah. say something like, "Oh, hey, look, yeah, something serious." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah no dramas." And she just give me a look as if she'll say, "Yeah, all right." Like, are yeah. you, are, are you, yeah, you know, "quote unquote" taking the piss here, or are you, you're being yeah, serious? Like, well, pissed. enough's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, enough, no, mate. that's a good one. Wrap your life and get. Now, here's the challenge, my man. You, you, throughout the show, we're going to get kind of a little bit more on the serious side here. We do. We we don't like to take ourselves too seriously. But uh, not at all, nah, but we are talking about some serious stuff, man. There's been a lot of people on both sides of the coin with the Hall of Fame. First of all, David Ortiz going into the Hall of Fame and the guys who didn't go into the Hall of Fame. And we're talking about, you know, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, who are in that era, the steroid era. all right, And that's yeah. going to essentially keep them out of the Hall of Fame as it goes and we both know and if you don't know if you you know if you listen from australia and or you're kind of on the fence as far as baseball and you're not a diehard baseball fan the the way it works is the hall of fame the baseball writers basically there's an association of writers they're the ones who vote it's not like ex-players vote or fans vote or some subcommittee votes it's the baseball writers they vote for it they have to believe there's
1: 400 of them too isn't there 400 votes
0: I, I believe so. It's, it's around 400. Yeah. And basically, you get done playing baseball. You have five years of retirement, and then you're eligible. And after that, like Derek Jeter was just straight in, boom, in. I think there's one person who didn't vote for him, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Basically, he stayed anonymous because, yeah. I from, who, knows, <laughs> who was that, who knows, right? <laughs> who knows where he is? He's hiding <laughs> under the couch somewhere.
0: Is it just that contrarian, that dude who just went, nah, don't like him, or Derek Jeter? Uh, he,
1: was probably, he was probably a Boston fan, probably a Boston writer. Yeah, maybe. the Yankees. Who knows?
0: And I want to get into I want to get into that here in a second, too, about the what is the criteria, right? But before we do that, I just want to explain. You have basically have 10 years for it to happen. So you get done playing, five years of retirement, and then you're basically then you're eligible for the Hall of Fame. So you go on a ballot, and this year there was what, 30, 30 people on the ballot? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So you had everyone people, from 30
1: people on the ballot.
0: Right. So you had everyone from these iconic players like David Ortiz, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, all Kurt Schilling, even all the way down to, you know, like Jake Peavy, Carl Crawford, AJ Pazinski, iconic, don't get me wrong, superstars. But guys who, when you look at that all list, superstars.
1: And, if, you're, if you're on that, you're, you've had an amazing career.
0: Absolutely. And it's an honor
1: just to be named on that 30. Absolutely. Not, you, you can't walk away with 0% <laughs> no. and say, hey, uh, you know, I didn't really do anything in the game, 0%. No, you earn the right to be on that list. And anytime you get a vote, I think AJ Przyski had a half a percent, you got to walk away just feeling pretty good about yourself, the fact that right. you are on there. So
0: to and all he those a, guys, that was and, amazing. And, he, and AJ Przyski was a superstar player. Mm. But when I'm talking iconic, when I say iconic, I'm talking about these people who... The fringe baseball fan or, or the non-baseball fan knows who knows who Roger. I mean, Roger Clemens was on The Simpsons, right? Everyone knows Barry Bonds for yeah. for good reasons or bad reasons, and so on. Curt Schilling, same thing with the sock, etc. One of these guys, actually, while we let's just plug, you know, a future guest, Justin Morneau, one of your good buddies, is going to join us on the show coming up, yeah. and he was on that ballot, which is amazing. You know, that yeah, just goes to show what kind of career that guy had.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just got elected into uh, the Twins Hall of Fame, and so the next one from there is the Major League Baseball's National Baseball Hall of Fame. But uh, I think he ended up with about 1.3 percent of votes, and we'll talk about that with him and his yeah. experience and what what he felt and whatnot. And uh, it'll be great to talk to him. You know, I'm looking at some of the other names, just people I played with on there, like Joe Nathan, like. I have wow. a hard time. I think he finished with 4.3% of votes. So I think he's dropping off because if you don't have 5%, you drop off and you don't continue to stay on. Right. You need a minimum of 5%. Right. So I think Tory Hunter, who I also played with back in the early 2000s, was at about 5.3. So he'll stay on for another year, get another lifeline and hopefully creep up uh, the ladder and, and maybe over time get a chance to uh, get elected. But A guy like Joe Nathan, you gotta look. I I sort of looked at it and was like, man, I I looked up to that guy. He was amazing. Taught me things, like four point three percent. And then I see, you know, Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, hundred percent. That he got every vote. He was in four (laughs) hundred for four hundred, mate. You know, like yeah, it's amazing. Compare him up to uh, Donald Bradman, mate. You know, just uh, (laughs) amazing numbers. But but he's in, and and rightly so. But I just, I just don't see uh, Joe Nathan at four point three. I, th- I think, yeah, he, he, shouldn't he be a little higher than that? It just shows yeah. you the amount of saves, like where he is on the all-time saves leaders, and what he did in his career. And he's going to drop off after the first ballot, and just amazing career that he had. So how hard it is to get in? So hard, just-
0: and and you do have to be. It's and again, I'm not using bias here for being on an East Coast team. But if you play for, again, the Twins, now he had a bunch of, he was in the postseason pitching. Everyone knew who he was in that generation. But when yeah. you do have, there is a little bit of that push if you are with, you know, New York Yankees there. And again, look, Mariano Rivera, he's yeah. in the Hall of Fame, 100%. But you do yeah. notice some of these players that, you know, they they do, you know, drop off just a little bit. Like even, yeah. you know, like, like where where's Billy Wagner? I'm, I'm looking up.
1: Billy Billy Wagner's in there. He's moving up. They're all all those guys are slowly moving up. You know, they're they're not there yet. But the uh, the one thing to point out too, we used to be fifteen
0: years on this ballot, and they've changed that to ten, right? Right. So so basically, so it's it's you get ten years of this, right? You get ten years. You have to stay above five percent of votes from the writers, four hundred of them. Writers, we're talking about not some subcommittee, all baseball writers, and they get that special badge. The yeah, you know, BBWAA badge. I've seen these guys. You know, they, they, hey, put it this way, real quick on that. The riders even get in 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 Anaheim, for example. They even get like a special booth if they've got that oh. badge. So you can yeah. have the non-BBWAA riders and the yeah. ones who are. Anyway, so yeah, t- so to talk us through that, man. So ten years. It used to be fifteen. Used to be fifteen. They've changed it to ten. So they've tightened it up there. So.
1: Like A guy like Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, obviously with the speculation and behind the steroids and all the talk there, they, their window had now been shortened. So this year was their last year on the ballot. Sammy Sosa um, and Curt and Schilling, obviously there, uh, his name just uh, not around steroids, but around other issues and other things. But yeah, like I said, it just been tightened up. And, they, and people were saying they were slowly moving up. I mean, he got to 60, he started so low and he got to 66, 65%, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. If they had another five years, would they have gotten there? Do you think they would have gotten there? People are questioning that. But then there's, yeah. there's people that are kind of on the fence. They say they may have crept up and got a couple percent each year and finally hit that 75%, which is the mark you need to get in. And then the other side of the story is, well, no, they believe they would never would have got in because mm-hmm. of, they broke the integrity of the game. Yeah. So yeah, like to say, you have to have three quarters of, of the riders, 300 out of 400, you know, vote. Yep. Yes. We believe that you deserve to
0: be in. So. And I think, and that you make a great point. I think a couple of those factors, I want to go back to Edgar Martinez who it took him to the last chance for him to get in. The game was changing. In that 10-year span, the game was changing. Before, it was like, well, you can't be a DH. You have to play defense as well. There was this whole – when you're talking about one of the, the criteria is the player's record and the player's ability, right? And everything okay. else that Martinez did was, yeah, he was good to go. But with that, all of a sudden, the game started to change, and they started to see the importance and the value that a DH brings, Right. And, and that's where Edgar Martinez just, he slipped on that last year because finally people started understanding that. I think with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, <laughs> this generation now, and we I want to talk to you and get your opinion on if you really think they should be in the Hall of Fame or not, because we have some strong opinions about it. Um, yeah. And again, we play you know, a little bit of a different era. Obviously, we're not currently playing. But I think that there's a lot of that peer pressure where the, the writers are like, oh, shit, I'm getting, you know, sort of – told and about how good Edgar Martinez is, as a DH, how much value, and they start, to, start to, to, to change their thought process. I think some of the burn that Barry Bonds, and Barry Bonds, for example, the scandal that went on when he was playing was insane. It was oh, yeah. insane. The fact that he is the all-time home run leader. Now, he hasn't got an asterisk next, next to his name. He still has that. It still says his name. San Francisco, uh, the Giants retired his number. Right. Yeah. It's not like they took money out of his pocket or anything like that. But from a writer's, yeah. stand, writer's point of view, I don't know Barry Bonds personally, but I do know that a lot of these writers had a tough time with him where he did not treat them with the respect that they would like to be treated. Right. Whereas at yeah. uh, Mariana Rivera or one of the, you know, some of these other guys who, you know, you've met and, and I've met who, they, man, they, they're going to treat these guys with respect, even Derek Jeter, where the writer's like, yeah, you're a shoo-in no, no matter what, right? Yep. Except for that one dude for Derek Jeter. So I think as this, as the burn sort of wears off and they get this pressure from this younger generation about, oh, you, he should just be in the Hall of Fame, it starts to t- starts to slant. But at the same time, dude, like, you know, <sighs> looking at this, and I've met Roger Clemens. Amazing. He actually helped me out. He actually helped me out a little bit. I was out of the big leagues. And Rogers yeah. pulled me aside. He was with the, when I was with the Astros, and he was great, man. He was awesome. Just listen to him talk, and I love watching him play and the whole thing. And it sucks he does have that next to his name with, with the steroids because he was one of my favorite dudes to watch, worked his ass off, et cetera, all that stuff, all the good stuff. But when you're talking about Barry Bonds, I just <laughs> I can't get my head around for me personally. I don't know how about you. He, no, he should not be going into the Hall of Fame straight up because of okay the the player's record playing ability integrity sportsmanship character and contributions i don't know the dude personally but i know how he treated certain people because i've heard some of these writers talk about it some of these older writers talk about the way he was as the way he was when he was playing the dude was doing illegal drugs (laughs) to get really friggin massive and strong and he put 70 plus bombs into the friggin into mccovey cove i'm sorry like I, I, in one season, I, I, the guy was amazing. The best yeah. hitter of all, one of the best, one of the best hitters of all time. No doubt. Could he have done it without steroids? Sure. But you know what? He did something massively illegal in a time where baseball needed to clean up their act. So I'm yeah. sorry, man, but the 400 of these writers, if enough of them just say, I can't, everything I went through when I was covering this dude, everything I witnessed, I just can't do it. And that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. just basically, I think it comes down to. I mean, obviously the numbers they speak for himself. These guys were the face of baseball, right? I mean, you talk about a pitcher and a and a, and a hitter,
0: yeah. face of baseball. Barry
1: Bonds all over the covers, you know. Roger Clemens, just the the pinnacle, the top of of both, you know. Uh, and then honestly, you know, I, I got to uh, catch a little bit the the end of their careers there, you know, when I sort of started. But that era where they're playing in, you know, the eighties, nineties into the two thousands. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, it was known as a steroid era and, and it makes me wonder, you know, did any other guys get away with it? We saw people like, I believe, I'm trying to think back, uh, Paul Mero. Um, yeah. Mark McGuire uh, kind of ran away from the game. I, I feel like quote me if I'm wrong. They, they kind of finagled their way around it. Right. Cause we, not only did we see Barry Bonds, but we saw, you know, see Sammy Sosa on that list. I mean, this guy was a, amazing too, right? Amazing hitter. And he went back to back with McGuire back in the day there. They're just, I mean, it was great yeah, for the game. That was. was every night you'd turn, you know, the TV on back then. It wasn't MLB network because it, it wasn't around. It was ESPN. You'd just be home run, home run and yeah. great for the game. Great for everybody. People were into it, but now we look back at it and say, Hey, you guys, yeah, you did great things for the game, you're great players, but the criteria is one of the criteria for getting in is it's your character and the integrity of the game, yeah. and you broke that. So that's what's costing them. Obviously, the numbers are amazing. They're, when it comes to that, yes, they're Hall of Famers, they, they've done everything, yeah. but they've hurt themselves. And I guess, you know, there was, I think there was a quote. Uh, one of the guys was saying, hey, look, they're not entitled to get into the Hall of Fame. No one's entitled to get in the Hall of Fame. They may have been amazing on the field, what they did, had a, the longevity, the career, the numbers, everything, but no one's entitled to the Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. they chose to use a banned substance that is now, you know, causing not to get in. And it's yeah. a shame. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see him in there. It's a shame. But I think You gotta stick to your guns, and they're basically setting a precedence, ML Major League or the National Hall of Fame is setting a precedence to say we're not allowing anyone in
0: that
1: was using steroids or banned substances. Yeah. So now that falls down on guys like Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano, all these other players that have been brought up. Alex Rodriguez is Alex Rodriguez is on the ballot for the first year this year, gets 34% votes. Does, okay, this is my point. Why is he stay on there if they're going to set a president and say, you're not going to ever get in. We might vote you up to 74% just That's to get your high point. hopes and you're never ever going to get in because we're not going to allow you to get in because we set a president's already. Yeah. So are they, they I, I just can't see how they can turn around and say Clemens and Bonds doesn't get in but now Alex Rodriguez is going to stay on there and he's going to get in. They can't do it. You've got to yeah. stick to the guns,
0: you know? Well, I think a couple of things, um, and there's a few little notes I wrote down about just some opinions I've seen on Twitter and, and some things I, I, like a couple of things that just kind of uh, scratched my head at, but just on that, I think when you're putting them on the ballot, you're right. It, it is it something that the 400 riders as a, as a whole, like, isn't it, you know, the 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 BBWAAS the association get together and say, "Hey guys, if the dude has been tested positive or has been linked to this, do we just keep him off? Is it is it? Are we are we setting a rule now? Like, are we going to write in a rule, or are we just all putting them in and that's personal opinion? I think it's still up to that personal opinion. So they still rock up yeah. on that ballot. Yet it comes down to how many of you, you know, um, two hundred and ten of you yeah. don't want him on. All right." He stays off. Try again next year, I think. Um, but it's a, yeah. it's, a re- it's a good point. I think it's one of these hard things too, man. Like, let's, say, let's say someone, a star player right now, gets busted for PEDs today. Then they play another 10 years. Then they have the five years off and then another 10 years on the ballot. And all of a sudden, the, the generations and the thoughts and the, how we feel about people using drugs, and now we're all just loosey-goosey who gives a rat's ass about if they did steroids or not, which I think is crazy. Again, that's a generational thing. I'm not trying to sound old. Um, all these kids like, like Barry Bonds should be in the hall of fame. Should he? Did you have to friggin' face the dude when you're trying to survive in the friggin' big leagues and he's just all juiced out of his skull and he's friggin' hitting balls, you know, 40 feet further than what he should be. You didn't. So, so yeah. when you sit there and say he should be or whatever, but let's say for example, there's that one player gets done for PDs. He slap on the wrist. He's t- does his suspension without pay, blah, 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 comes back, has a stellar career and generations later say, oh, yeah, no, we're just going to let these dudes go in now because we don't care about the PED thing. It's more about how we feel about the person, blah, blah, blah. Then if you, you have to then go back and say, well, shit, Barry Bonds was the best player in the game. Now we have to get yeah. him in somehow? It's nuts yeah. when you think of it like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean it, obviously that can happen. Um, but yeah. Like you say, you know, we talked about it before the show here, how they have this uh, committee, um, you know, the era committee, basically.
0: Um, oh yeah, that's right. Today's th- that game last committee. chance. They still get a chance, right? Explain so they that still one. Got a
1: chance to get in, and, th- and this committee—it's like,
0: like like a second chance draw or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: it is, mate. It's um, you know, if you didn't win the tray, you, you know, you can still win something <laughs> else. <laughs> it's the today's game committee. You know, consists of sixteen members, right? The chairman of the board of the National uh, Directors of the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. I mean, th- there's. There's 16 members there. They need 75% of the votes. But come December, they still have a chance to get in from just looking at uh, like a tweet or uh, something that Roger Clemens had written. I think he's passed it. He said he's let it go. His family's let it go. Look, not, he, he says he's not concerned about it. I mean, obviously, when it comes up, if what if he was voted in? I mean, do you, re- you think he you would have been happy or do you think he would have just been like, no, nah, I've gone through so much I don't believe it's that, been man. draining?
0: I don't believe that. Oh, yeah, it's passed in the rearview mirror. I just don't. I just don't, man. I just again. I, I've met the dude. I've never been his teammate, but I've watched him pitch. He's competitive. You know, yep. it, he's an alpha. I think for him, it's something that stings hard. It stings yeah. because the whole thing represents that big stain on his legacy as a baseball player. So I yeah. think it when he says, "Oh, you know, it's in the rearview mirror." You know, where I set out to win championships, 100. I think it still b- bugs him. If he got into yeah. the, into this second chance draw after they missed out on the metro, if he if he got a chance to to yeah. go in, he'd be stoked, absolutely no, mate, stoked.
1: You'd have the streamers, be... you going lot.
0: <laughs> absolutely, balloons the, the the lot. And the thing is, he would the speech would be epic. He would he would yeah. come up and give this big old speech. He'd get emotional. Say, "Yeah, 100." He'd be absolutely stoked.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely a shame. Uh, would love to see him in, yep. but due to the fact that rules are rules, you I think you just got to stick with it and abide yep. by them. And that's kind of that's the downside. Nothing. And I'm, I'm a huge them. fans Great of both player. these
0: guys. Awesome. I'm hu- I'm a huge fan of both these guys, man. Like Clemens, Bonds. Oh my god, I'm glued when they're they're playing. And yeah. I, I uh, Roger Clemens, I looked up to him. Yeah. I just think that from a, from a, the people who are voting it in, that's just the way it goes. That's what it is. Right. I mean, that they're I got his jersey making-
1: hanging up, hanging up upstairs. He signed it for me. Size seven. Mate. I mean, you can't, you can't get any better than that. Yeah. yeah you look, right. you look at a guy like Verlander, right. They talk about him already. Future hall of famer. I mean, that guy's, you know, won a few hall of uh, won a few Cy Young's uh, Max Scherzer, a few Cy Young's those guys, nothing against their name. They should be shoeings. Right. So it just shows you, it's just it's just unfortunate, but yeah. um that's the way the cookie crumbles, mate. I think. Well, so. well, let
0: us know what you think, man. You can hit us up on social media or or on on the website. Look, if 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 we're sitting here and you're shaking your head, you completely disagree. Barry Bonds should be in the in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Let us know. We're happy to go back and forth about it. But it's a great discussion. It's something that you know what. Hey, and by the way, for MLB, it's a great distraction for them. Just quietly use another yeah. word of the day from last week. Yeah. Great deterrent to what's going on with this lockout, man. That's a great deterrent. And let's, let's talk about the, the let's talk about some of the good, like David Ortiz, man. Okay. So uh, yeah. all right. Uh, again, like what the guy did in the game, he's the one of the faces of baseball. You see him on you know the pre and post game show during the, during the world series, et cetera, et cetera. You knew he was going to go in. People love him the whole bit. David Ortiz, yeah, you, you faced him a bunch, right? What, what, what do you got yeah. on David Ortiz? What are some personal Grant Balfour stories on, on, on big puppy?
1: Well, the first one, obviously, I came up with the Minnesota Twins. So he was there in Minnesota when I was there. Um, so I, I was a teammate of his. But the first, uh, you know, what was
0: he like back then? Because I saw you, I saw your Instagram. Yeah. I, was, I saw your Instagram, your thing. And it was awesome. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize. That. I had no idea. Yeah. As a young, before he was big puppy, talk yeah, us yeah. through how was he as a Minnesota Twin, young, before everyone knew he was going to be a, a, an iconic player.
1: Oh, I mean, he, you know, I I was just a young bloke and uh, I was in the minor leagues. And um, like I said on my Instagram there, you know, I was in double A. He came down from the big leagues and I had a little bit of um, interaction with him just, you know, through being on the 40 man and going to big league camp prior to that. Um, just, just the guy has a presence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he just, he knows, you just feel it when he walks in the room, he has a presence. He's yeah. just uh he's great around other people like he said on on the tv the other night. he really does accept people for who they are and everyone loves him you know that's just just the nature of, of who he is and it's amazing to be able to have that being you know, my first call up i just sitting there last night it was just have that bit of attachment i guess for me he's probably thinking oh yeah one of the blokes i played with he's just so many people but for me sitting there it was um it was awesome to watch. I was like, man, that was my first call up. And he was down on a rehab assignment in double A. Yeah. They're like, Dave, you yeah, you're going back up. And they're like, Hey, Grant, come in the office, you're going with him. I was like, God. And he and he just really like
0: helped me. Did you me sit out. did he you sit next to him on the plane? Know, when
1: I what's that?
0: You sit next to him on the plane?
1: Yeah, you yeah, yeah, sit next to him on the plane. Not much room. He's a big fella. <laughs> <problem. laughs> but um, no, I mean he's just he's just very helpful, mm. like very caring bloke, yeah. you know, do anything for anyone. And um, you Know, obviously, a, a teammate there for a couple of years, and he, you know, he he was kind of back and forward trying to get game time. It was hard for him to get game time there, right? Yeah, man. eventually, the twins let him go and he goes to Boston, and it's just you know, blew up, just, just blew up, mate. I mean, blew up, man. Deal. And from it's there, crazy. obviously, I'm playing against him with the Rays, and and you know, always say good day, whatever off the field, but you know, I gotta face this guy now, and I mean, this guy's a he's a weapon, mate. He's got a bat in his hand, and it's you know, you better be on your on your game because he doesn't give in to any at bat. No, that's what it is with him. Like it's a grind. You see many of his at-bat, just watching him fouling off good pitches, fouling off pitches. And then when he gets that one, mate, he'll knock the cover off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know how you, you see that swing and you just see so many, uh, so many times how clutch he was and whatnot. Yeah. And he got me a few times. So um deep yeah, a just- couple times. Oh, yeah. Which, mate, I, I can't feel bad about. It. It was, um, I did then, but sitting back now, thinking, well, geez, if anyone's going to take you deep, might as well be that bloke. You know, oh, you yeah. took a few blokes deep.
0: Right, I'm going to have to look this up, Grant. I'm going to have to look up and see the David Ortiz versus Grant Balfour matchups. Yeah, let me pull yeah. this up. Let's have a look. Dude, he was two for 12, man. You did well against him. Oh, yeah. A couple of walks. You struck him out once, having a tough yeah. time putting him away, mate.
1: Hey. Bloody <laughs> I told you he's a tough
0: at that. He was, man, and and I was I was trying to get into the <clears> story take earlier. Those numbers
1: though, they were probably homers too, were not they?
0: No, no, no bombs, no home runs. Uh, I think
1: I think he might have he might have taken me deep though in a playoff game.
0: Uh, okay, I, yeah, I can't see, I, I can't pull up. Yeah, the I think game. he might have got
1: me in a. I think he got me in the playoff game for a homer. Just can't. You know, I can't let that one slip, but I think pretty much that was the case. But um, other than that, yeah, I guess two for twelve. man, I'll take that.
0: I played. I pitched against I pitched against David Ortiz. The second game I was ever in the big leagues. I remember I got two strikes on him. Threw him a, a curveball, and yeah. you know, kind of a little bit of a knee buckler struck him out. And I remember he gave this look. I'll have to pull it up. I'll have to try and find it and put it on Instagram or something like that. But yeah. I remember thinking to myself, like, or watching the look on his face as if, say, so, all right. I don't know who you are because he's never seen me. He doesn't know doesn't know me from yeah. a bar of soap. Yeah. I don't know who you are, but I know you got that pitch now, and that's going straight in the memory bank. So you're not going yeah. to get away with that again because it was for a strike. You know what I mean? It's one of those yeah, pitches yeah, that yeah. if he had faced me five to ten times, he would have he would have recognized and probably crushed it.
1: So yeah, yeah <laughs> I do know. They look good. Sell so yourself short, mate. You never know. But I for know sure. what you're saying good hitters yeah. see you once. Once they see you, you know, twice, yeah. three times, he's like, oh, he's got that in his back pocket. Yeah. They sit there and wait for it. And, you know, you, yeah, obviously you got to mix and match. So
0: the times I remember facing him, and I mean, this went, this was the typical Red Sox. They took forever to get in the box. But I remember with him, you were on his time, man. He was, oh, he yeah. would get in there slowly, do his whole little thing, step in, take forever. And he was just this big dude. And you're yep. just like, oh, man, like you, you throw a pitch, it be, you know, strike one or ball one, whatever the count, catch the ball back and, and you know, sort of dig back into the dirt, look up. And he's just giving you that look. He's like, no, nah, you're on my time, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's how oh, it was. Yeah. And you yeah. just knew.
1: I'll never forget. I'll never forget, actually, um, this one game I, I was out there. I think I pitched in back to back games and got a couple saves, I think, actually, in Boston one year when I was with Tampa. Yeah. Uh, we had like two games, double header. And um, Joe Madden came out to me and I think he wanted to take me out of the game, actually. Um, or actually, he wanted me to walk him. I said, no, I'm. I, I want to face him. I want him. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to go after him. And uh, I ended up spinning one. Um, I ended up spinning one and he like hit nubbed it off the end of the bat. And it was a skew shot. And, you know, it was one of those ones that comes back to you spinning in the grass. You're like, Oh geez. You know, you pick it up and try to first. And I got the out, but I do remember um, him, you know, just obviously being a huge threat. You know, Managers will you know, put the guy on or you, you wouldn't face him. He was the kind of guy that would just, he's going to do damage. You know what I yeah.
0: mean? And he's the hard thing was I was, I was, it was left on left for me. And a lot of times when I was facing him, it was like, you have to face him. you yeah, know. It wasn't like, Oh, yeah, cause yeah. you're a lefty. It's like, no, it shouldn't matter. It's like, if there's any chance to pitch around him, like you said, you just do it. Now I'm looking at this grant. He did take you deep in the playoffs. Here we go. I'm looking yeah, at he this did. He, he, you faced him once and he, he took you deep three RBIs. So that was a three run bomb.
1: Yeah, he did. And, uh, <laughs> I wasn't too happy about it but that was in game uh god it might have been game 6 or something like that right but uh, we did we did come back and win that and and go on to the world series so all is forgotten but yeah mate it was uh you know one of those things hey you, you can have a great year be pitching on the playoffs and then you know one at bat boom you know three runs yeah. it happens fast in the game of baseball as we all know but uh
0: did you only by the way, you only gave up two home runs in the playoffs. The other one was Jason Bay, who actually lives here locally in Seattle. I'll uh, uh, we'll let yeah. him know.
1: Time, thanks, when you run into him. Yeah, well, I'll let him know. Uh, I'm, uh, grabbing a co-
0: <laughs> I'm grabbing a coffee with him later. I'll let him know. yeah. Um, yeah. But you've got – I'm just looking at this, like as far as David Ortiz, three RBIs, and then after that, there's not a whole lot of damage, dude, done off you. saying so anyway, yeah. anyway I don't, I'm going to actually kiss your ass later in this show in the Aussie segment, so I don't want to get too deep into that. Yeah, no, so, no. So, uh, again, man, I, with this Hall of Fame thing, I just – it's one of those things to put a staple on it with the, the steroid thing. You're in an era that needed to be cleaned up. You did steroids. You're not going to the Hall of Fame, straight up. You know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Straight up. All right, let's move on to let's move on to something where I can have a few laughs. I need to have a good laugh, mate. It's uh oh, yeah. that time of year. I'm dealing with this lockout. I've had an absolute gutful. It Gut is hole. ridiculous on both sides, <laughs> <laughs> right? And um, we we need to get into that's grouse. now. Usually, that's grouse is pretty funny, but we, we are. Uh, this is a serious topic now. I want to yeah. dive into. Now, Get you're on this list. Face
1: going. We'll keep the serious face going for this segment.
0: Yeah, but I still want to, you know, some of these guys are a good sport, so we might be able yes. to sneak in a couple of laughs here. So, well, I want to keep it on the, the iconic player slash performance slash Hall of Fame and, and best play. So, as, as, as it's the Australian segment, for American listeners, some of these guys, you may, if you're younger, you may not be familiar with them. I want to give the most iconic and most successful – big league is to come out of australia now this is in no order i can't i just can't do it where i have to try and rank him like the best yeah. player ever to come out of people have asked me who's the best player ever to come out of australia and it takes me 15 20 minutes to explain because i have to say well this guy did this and this guy did that right now yeah. you're on this list okay so don't get awkward i know you're very uh sometimes you get a little you know you, you don't want to talk yourself up You put tickets on yourself right yeah but I want to go through this list. I want to get your thoughts. And if I'm missing one or you've got an honorable mention or something, just let me know. I got Dave okay, Nielsen, I got Graham Lloyd, Craig Shipley, Liam Hendricks, Grant Balfour, another one who who gets on this list too, because of his story and, and some of the things he's done. He's had a massive career. Peter Moylan. They're 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 the guys, man. They're at the top of the list. Am I missing am I missing anything? Or what you know, what, what when we talk through these names, this is Ryan Ryan Smith, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no,
1: I'm
0: not, I'm not, I got I to add
1: the birthday boy. It's uh, it's your birthday today, mate. It I got to throw birthday. that in. You're not going to sit here and tell everyone it's your birthday, but I, I want to let everyone know it's your birthday today. Just just real quick, sneak, I sneak that, that in there. So <laughs>
0: I'm stuck. I'm stuck here talking. To you. I'm about to go have lunch. About to go wrap me laughing gear around a uh, uh-huh. a burger. With a lot after this,
1: mate. You should go and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, but, uh, sure.
1: Yeah, it's a obviously, mate. Yeah, I made a great list of guys there. Uh, a lot of longevity there. Obviously, uh, you know, Shipley, who when I was growing up, he was over here. I call it ten years, close enough. Most of these guys that have yeah. had careers that are ten years, Liam, will end up with ten or more yeah. or whatever. Yeah, uh, like myself and Peter, we're, we're all you know been in the game a long time. Dave Nelson being the first All Star, obviously, to break that list. Graham Lloyd. You know, winning, winning the World Series, couple World Series, yeah. having those rings. Uh, myself, obviously, you know, being the second All Star, and then, and then having having a chance at winning the big ring, but going to the World Series, and um,
0: yeah.
1: and obviously now Liam, who's uh, you know a couple All Stars, and really taken off as you know, yeah, not the best uh, reliever in the game at the moment, and so sixth so- stories are amazing, you
0: know. I want to go through. I want to go through these names and dive into why I think they're on this list and why they're a big deal and why they rank even in the US as far as how, you know people people who are in the baseball industry that I'm in, you know, when when I say I'm Australian or they're like, oh, you're Australian, and straight away it's, oh yeah, Dave Nelson, oh yeah, Graham Lloyd, oh yeah, yeah, you know, Craig Shipley, who's still a big part of the, the Arizona Diamondback system, and obviously Liam Hendricks yourself. And, of course, Moilo, too. So, all right, first of all, Dave Nielsen. Now, he is, to me, growing up in the 90s, to me, he's at the top of the list, right? And he never won a World Series. He never went to a World Series. But if you're talking about numbers, so a war, he had a a 10-plus war, wins above replacement. And and I I do put a lot of stock in that. I don't want to just base everything off this. But, dude, 105 home runs, right? He had eight years in the big leagues, a career 284 hitter. And all the other numbers to go, but he was, and this is outside of popping up on the news because he's pitching in the World Series, and I'm going to get to Graham Lloyd in a second. He was the face of baseball in the '90s. He really was. Right. He
1: walked away from the game too. He walked away from other opportunities and a contract. So yeah, it could have been longer and could have put up more numbers, I suppose. But uh, for for well, one of those
0: things, he wanted to play for Australia in the Olympics, 2000.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's other other reasons and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah he, he did end up playing in the Olympics in 2000, yeah.
0: Yeah, but he, he was that. And, and the other thing, too, and I'm not taking anything away from pitches, you and me being that, he was a position yeah. player as well. I, I, yeah. do, I think it's a lot tougher if you're a position player to stick around and have those kind of careers. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, Especially as
0: a catcher. So- Now, Craig Shipley, I want to talk about him. Now, he was kind of like that pioneer, like the the first real mainstay in the modern era of baseball, right? Yeah. 11, spanned across 11 years, 271 hitter, only 20 home runs, so he wasn't a power threat, and 582 games, right? That's sticking around. And that was in the 90s where he kind of, I wouldn't say in the baseball community, but from the broader picture, like the outside of the, the baseball fan he wasn't a big time name and he should have been. I think. I think he, yeah. he, in again, in the baseball community, he ran alongside Dave Nelson when it came to being a mainstay yeah. and being a dude. But man, I just remember, yeah, you know, his brother Mark Shipley, who is great, dude. Good friends of you, good friends of, of both of ours. Love Mark. Yeah. He's, he's the man. And, uh, and also Craig, man, I, I bumped back into Craig. Um, you know, a couple of years back when I was with the D backs, and we just, you know, all of a sudden, I, I I you know struck up more of a relationship with him But an absolute when you look at some of these numbers, stellar career and just in the baseball community back in Australia, absolute mainstay.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, no doubt, mate. I mean, growing up, you know, I knew the name, obviously, um, uh, being around, you know, baseball and the and the Mark Shipley and the you know the Sydney Blues and whatnot. And Mark was, a, you know, big player, same yeah. role as his brother, you know, and his brother's, you know, over here in the States. So someone you definitely look up to as an Aussie over in America and idolize yeah yeah you start to look at those players and you and you start to as you get older you think yeah you know, I want to go over there and do that I want to you know yeah so hopefully there's kids that are, are back home now that have done the same thing and watch my career and yeah uh, and Liam's and, and and so forth and yourself so following the footsteps
0: and then you got now Graham Lloyd I never forget being a kid now this is pre-YouTube and whatever He was popping up on mainstream media in Australia because of World Series heroics coming in in these, you know, nut crunching times, uh, pitching against the Atlanta Braves, big lefty. He got traded over to the Yankees. He struggled when he first got over there. You know, the story's awesome. And then all of a sudden, there he is pitching, you know, for the most, one of the most iconic sports franchises in the world, right? Probably the most. And he's, he's pitching against some of the... So all of a sudden, he pops up. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Because again, I was always sh- like trying to tell my friends how amazing baseball was and the magnitude and everything, especially going up in Newcastle. And here's Graham Lloyd just in the absolute thick of it, right? Yeah. In the World Series, pitching against the Atlanta Braves and doing his thing. Two World Series rings. He had a war of 5.2. He spanned across 13 years, 533 innings. He had a career for three postseasons. So just absolute... He's one of those... When you say baseball, Australia, Graham Lloyd's name comes up, doesn't matter where you are. You
1: talk about the, the era of the Yankees too and just when they were the team. You know what I mean? Going to – I think they went to five straight World Series or something. Back i have then, a look. And they won like three of them. Um, he was on obviously, you know, the 96 and the 98 uh, championships team. So he's he's in the thick of it, you know, with um, Judah when he's just coming into the game, yeah. you know, Rivera – wetland you know you got all those guys you know just all-time greats the yankees um
0: and the thing is i've spent quite a bit of time with graham lloyd over the years and i still seriously man like i had the chance, i played with him in the olympics in 2004 him and dave Nielsen. i remember sitting there going damn i'm on the same freaking team as these dudes i was just like a starstruck i really was and yeah, the thing yeah. was too for me like i think someone said to me oh hey come he's going to be pitching for the on the, on the national team, I'm like, oh, man, there goes my spot. Like, i got no shot here if he's pitching. Yeah. It, and now I'm yeah. on the same team. And he was so freaking cool with me, man. I was too scared to questions, the whole thing. Dave Nielsen, I'm pitching that gold medal game. And Dave. I, I called Dave Nielsen out. Here he is, big league. Like, a dude, I grew up watching. I said, hey, man, I think they're grabbing the signs. He goes, no, they're not. And just around, like when you put the signs down the second place, <laughs> he goes, no, 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 they're not. Just walks him like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh. I mean, the
1: guy had a the guy had an amazing baseball IQ from memory. I mean, the guy yeah. knew the game Big time. that. Yeah, I got to pitch to him in the uh intercontinental cup. I'll never forget that. In 99. And then uh, again in the Olympics. So uh, I did get I did get a little experience uh, with him behind the plate. Uh yeah. I just remember 99 we won the gold medal. He was behind the plate. I pitched the night before. We got into the gold medal game against Cuba. Anyways, I'm, I'm coming in to close the game out. And I just remember the last pitch, Dave just doesn't give me a sign. He just, I have to do it on video. He just puts the glove up and he goes, just bring it like that. He just goes like that. He just is like this, like this. Like no sign, just, just goes like that. And it just pumped me up, mate. The, the blood was running That's through my awesome. veins. I just gassed him up. High heater punched the guy out, uh, that was it. The uh, the gold medal was ours. But wrap um, your laughing yeah. gear around that. Yeah, it was, it was a huge pump up, a great moment. I was only a, an A baller back then, so that's
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, so was I. In, in 04 at the Olympics, I was, I was an A ball kid, man. Like here I am, yeah, you know, hanging out with Graham Lloyd, and yeah, you know, it was awesome. And then Graham Lloyd, like ever since then, like always sort of. He, he, if you ever been around the guy, he never acts like a dude. He's got two World Series rings. Ever, he's just so yeah. chilled. You know, he's the man. I know a lot of the youngest a lot of kids who, you know, I've brought over here with, with next gen baseball and, and stuff like that who have dealt with Graham. And they're all just like, I'm like, some of them, I don't think, because they're a different generation. They didn't grow up in the 90s. And I kept, yeah. dude, Graham Lloyd, like, you know, you, you, you're around him. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no you have to understand something. I know yeah. he's very chill, but you got to look and see what he's done in his career. It's insane. All right, yeah. moving on here. So the next one, Grant Balfour, yourself. Now, again, everyone who listens to this, they know who you are. You're, you know, the Balfrage, you're crazy on the mound. You've had an absolute stellar career, not because you've just hung out on a team and been a dude on a, on a part of a roster. You've been the dude. And what I I mean by that is being the closer on a team, you're essentially in that time, I think from that generation of guys, there was always a handful of players, myself, you, you know, a couple other guys like Peter Moylan coming up. Remember Rich Thompson with the Angels? There was that little handful of dudes. Yeah. But you were that guy who you weren't just on a team. I remember this. I've talked to other guys about this. You weren't just on a yeah. team. You're a guy who was the dude on that team, in other words. Yeah. But you look at your career, 12, you pitched over 12 years, so 10 plus years, which is insanely difficult to do. Five post-seasons, right? You have pitched in five different post-seasons. You're a second All Star ever after Dave Nelson, and you pitched in 534 games. What do you got to say for yourself, champ?
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. I mean, give yourself you know, a rap, mate. I, uh, I just, uh, I just remember coming over and um, just told myself, and 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 for the kids that I talked to when I come out the next gen, there, you know, I always tell them just just work hard, and that was my thing. It was, I, I didn't see myself as someone that necessarily had. The best star or was that, you know, through the hardest or anything like that, when I was coming up, I just told myself, you know, I'm dedicated to this. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to make it. And I just kept on, kept on telling myself that, kept working hard and, and everything sort of fell into place, ended up getting to the big leagues and yeah. uh, having a little success early, getting injured, having to go through some injuries and, and work my way back. Uh, luckily, I was able to get opportunities. Teams gave me opportunities, which I'm very thankful for. And then fell into a great spot here in Tampa where, you know, my, my career probably thrived, you know, after yeah. my injuries, actually. And just being around great people, great teams, and being put into great roles and uh, roles that I, I love pitching in, in high-intensity roles. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what I wanted. I didn't want to pitch in anything else, honestly. Yeah. I, I really didn't. Um, And, and I, th- I felt like I thrived in those roles because that's where I, the best came out in me. So yeah, just trying to keep the longevity, mate, just trying to stay healthy all the time. It's, it's not easy. You know, as all those guys will tell you, you you, you got to put up numbers each and every year. It's like, can't just go out there and, and have a down year and think, Oh, you're just gonna, you know, have that handed to you. Nothing was ever yeah. going to be handed to you in this game. You got to work hard for it. Yeah. As uh, along the way, obviously, you know, some great um, the world series, yeah, you know, all-star, just different things like that, but just, honestly being out there and competing with the teammates and just trying to win day in day out and compete right. and, and and wanting to win the whole thing that that was the main thing the other things come when you have success uh, and they're great and I loved it and it's nice to talk about afterwards but just competing and going out there and wanting to win uh, just in that fire. Yeah. Uh, and being around your teammates was was just amazing. I love it I that. do remember
0: a couple of years ago you mentioned you know, coming over with with um, you know some of these kids with, with next gen baseball, some of these young Australians bringing them over. I never forget you hadn't said a whole lot you so you came out to coach, which was awesome you come out and coach and I'm just hoping these kids are, are taking everything in that you're sort of saying but you hadn't at that point you hadn't said a whole lot. We're about to go we had to go over to the Cubs facility. Um, and go have a workout on, at, at the Cubs facility and there was going to be a showcase and what have you. So we're on a bit of a time crunch, but we had like 30 minutes to kill. So we had us sitting out the front on chairs and the players were sitting in front of us. And I'm talking, yeah, I tell them my usual, whatever. And you start talking. I remember you start talking and you start diving into some of this stuff. And there's the same stuff that helped me out in my career um, that got me to, instead of being this dude like, oh, am I good enough to play in the big leagues? You sort of instilled that attitude that, no, you're the fucking man. You're you the dude. Like, that's how you got to think. The guy's 60 feet away from you. You can... Can you beat him in a fight, basically? I was like, hell yeah, I could whoop yeah. his ass. That's how you have to pitch. I'm, I never forget. So you start yeah, diving yeah. into this stuff. So I'm looking at my watch going, man, like we're way behind because the guy from the Cubs is t- calling me saying, oh, hey, you guys on your way? I'm like, dude, yeah. I didn't care because the kids' jaws were just dropping. It was awesome, man. Like you were yeah. saying the same things you said to me and it really resonated with a lot of these kids. I remember it. They yeah. kept saying, oh, dude, I remember when Grant said this. Or I've, I've had other kids like – um, who have gone off to do things like he goes, oh, I remember Grant said this, it's so funny how those little things just get tattooed in brains. You know what I mean? It's awesome.
1: There was a point in my career when I, I, I told myself, and I think it's a big, big one is you get to the big leagues and then you, you that was your goal. And then I made the mistake. Probably. I don't want, I tell all the kids don't make this mistake. When you get to the big leagues, that's not, that's not it. Yeah, That's not the end of it. Just getting there, staying yeah. there is even harder. So you may have to reset your goals and uh, or set yourself goals even higher than that. Yeah. Because once you get there, then it's like, oh, okay, I'm here. Now what do I do? Yeah. And you know, I, I kind of had to wake up after I had some injuries and think, man, I want to. And I started comparing myself to the greatest players in the game. Whether people thought I was crazy or thought I was, right. I don't know, suited arrogance or whatever. But I just told myself within myself, hey, I want to be as good as. Marin Rivera, I want to be as good as Joe Nathan. I want to be as good as all these, these top guys. I want to compare yeah. myself to them. I don't want to compare myself to the guy that's just getting by. I want to compare myself to them. And as soon as I started doing that, and it brought the, I feel like it just brought the best out in me, I would just strive to be the best I ever could. And that's when my game took off. I started just yeah. putting up numbers. His confidence grew. And, and just... Shot off from there, so yeah, that's that's a lot of the things I tried to share with the guys. You know, it was great, man. It it was insane,
0: and and, you know, we'll get another chance to do that once this you know, pandemic chills out a little bit and and get in front of some of these you know, Australian or American kids. I can't wait, man. It's gonna be fun. All right, two more names before I let you go because I know you got to get out of here. Um, all right, Liam Hendricks speaks for itself. He's currently playing, I think, for Liam Hendricks. Obviously, he hasn't played 10 plus years like some of these other guys just yet, so it's tough to sort of say, Oh, is he one of the most iconic Australian players, but for me watching Liam, he, yes, he will be once he's done, but to meet with him, he's, it's just straight dominance. Like he's at that stage now, he's just dominating, dominating people where he's the, in the top three in this category, get that category. It's insane. So if he played another two years, he didn't get to the 10 year mark, he didn't play as long as whatever. He still ranks up there regardless, man. I think because from single season performances and two all-star games, I just think he's he's up there even here yeah. in the US, not, not only just Australia as well.
1: Oh yeah, no, no doubt, mate. He's uh he's put himself on the map these last three years. I mean, you know, he's had started up as a starter there, obviously, yeah. you know, moved into the bullpen and uh started to put up a few numbers. But you know, once he uh since 2019 there, 19, 20, 21, I mean, talk right. about he's you know, he's won the Marinovera award a couple of times, he's all star. Uh, bids a couple of times and the guys uh, just been at the top of the game, you know, named to what they do now, uh, yeah. the all MLB team and stuff like that, which they've started to, you know, do a few more things like that these days. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the, he's at the top cream of the crop, mate. He's, he's, yeah, he's right is. there. So undoubtedly um, one of the best for sure. And now, at the we- moment the best and one of the best in the
0: game. We have one more name, right? Peter Moylan. Now, Peter had a 5.9 war, awesome, 499 games, pitched across 12 years, pitched in one postseason. I yeah. think for me with him is dealing with injuries and his story, man. Like if you don't know his story, it's nuts. Now, he's been on the podcast when we had you um, before you were co-hosting, but we had Liam, yeah. yourself, Peter Moiland, and me. It was a blast, a lot of fun. But we didn't yeah. dive into Peter's Peter's story like I'd like to dive into his story. You know what yeah. I mean? Really yeah. didn't. Uh, we need to have him back on, but insane man. But comes over here, plays rookie ball, gets arrested, goes home. Years later, comes back, and now all he skips in the entire minor leagues, and he's in the big leagues, and he's just having arm surgery. He's got this, got that, switching teams, blah blah blah, and he just sticks around, and, he, and he's just he thought out a frigging stellar career. So I yeah. still have him up here in one of the best, most successful, iconic players coming out of Australia.
1: 100%, mate. I mean, he. You know, obviously, I played with him with the Minnesota Twins, rookie ball there, and then all of a sudden, you know, a little bit of trouble there. He, he goes home, and his names, you know, he's playing for you know club ball back there, right? I never even thought about. It. All of a sudden, we got the, the World <laughs> Baseball Classic, and that was his. That was his insane his door. That was his open door right there. That was his yep. door. He came over, put up numbers. Uh, Atlanta Braves gave him a shot. I mean, he spends a little time in AAA, and boom, to his credit, he goes straight to the big leagues. Basically, you know.
0: He struggled when he first got up too,
1: struggled a little bit I think. But um, that next year, mate, I mean, he just turned around and just yeah. dominated, and he dominated for a few years there under Bobby Cox. Uh, put up, threw up a one something. I mean, he
0: was insane,
1: and going out there day in, day out too, putting a lot of innings up for those guys. So he, yeah, a he lot of really appearances.
0: A stellar career. I remember there used to be a segment on Baseball Tonight on ESPN. John Crark, I remember. Remember that? Remember that? They used to have yeah. a segment called "That's Nasty." And Moilo yeah. would pop up on there with some slider or something like yeah. that. Basically, the nastiest pitches of that week. And he would pop up. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's yeah. amazing, an amazing story. Yeah, Mind you, crazy, mate. speaking of when he, we went to the WBC, I was on that team. I didn't pitch. I ended up hitting my elbow. I was on that team. I think I was I double was A or something like that at that point. And he had these offers to go play in Taiwan for like, you know, 80 or 100 grand or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And I was like, "Dude, go over there." He's like, "No, I want to go back to the states." I'm like, "Dude, go back to the states and play double A and get paid nothing." No, no, I, I was—I remember saying, I "Go play in Taiwan, man. Like, you're not going to get to the big leagues." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said that flat out to him, and and I'm like, "Oh, what an idiot! Idiot yeah. saying that." And he did, oh, man. He yeah. got—he look at the career, it's unreal. Now there is a, a long list of guys who played in the big leagues from Australia, and, and congratulations to all of them. It is tough. It's tough to stick around. We know, man. I've done—I've done the numbers on this. It's tough. It's really, really difficult. and I'm talking and this across the board across the world to get to the big leagues is tough, sticking around. some of the careers I just rattled off from Australia here from Nilsson, Lloyd Shipley, Hendricks, Balfour, Moylan, man, it's insane how good that how tough that is. So I want to finish with that, my man. We've got a huge lineup coming up. We've got the batting stance guy. if you don't know who he is, go follow him on social media. Right. Yeah. I can't wait to have that dude. On. I'm going to put him through the ringer too with some of these stances. I can't wait. You,
1: go, you go follow him after you follow us. If you oh, he's the, plus, the best, the man.
0: I'm so excited. You got Justin <laughs> Morneau coming on, and we do have some big guests coming on. I don't want to give it away just yet after, no, no, mind you, Justin Morneau is on, on a Hall of Fame ballot. I'm excited to talk to him. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait. But we do have a couple big ones coming up, current players that I'm looking forward to chatting to. But Grant, this has been fun, mate. You've got to go. So do I. Um, Anything you want to say before we jump off? No, I appreciate the listeners, uh, everyone out there. Big time, yeah.
1: Baseball is going to be back. Baseball is going to be back. So uh, I appreciate you guys uh, spending some time listening to us here. Before you know it, hopefully we'll be watching some games and um, hopefully uh, Ryan and I are hoping to have something special for you guys uh, during spring training. Maybe uh, instead of seeing us uh, sitting here um, on these two mics, we might be in a a different arena. But uh, we'll we'll see if we get there. Thanks again,
0: everyone. Yeah, it's been fun. All right, Matt, we'll catch you next week. All right. See you, mate. See you All right, guys, before you flick us off and move on to that next show, podcast, whatever you're doing, listen, make sure you subscribe. We have got Justin Morno who's just on that Hall of Fame ballot coming on next week. We've got the batting stance guy. If you don't follow him, go find him on social media. He is hilarious. And then we have a very special guest coming up right after that. I don't want to give it away just yet. So make sure, you, make sure you go subscribe, go follow us, do what you've got to do. And we'll see you right here next week on the top of to
1: You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them, kill. Kill, killing them no, no. killing them just kill, just kill, killing them no, no. killing them just kill, just kill, killing them kill, no, no.